Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Under the Scope, where we discuss music. I am your host, Will Brost, and calling live from Nashville is Patrick Anderson. What's up? Live from the Nashville. <laughs> live from the Nashville. I'm visiting in a couple weeks. We could potentially have a live podcast. Uh-oh, that's a, that's, we haven't had one before. We haven't had one. That's in the idea room. That's in the brainstorming tank. So I like that idea. Yeah, we could do it. We could do it. A live podcast so I could, you know, I normally frown at your opinions, but you can't see that via Skype. Just, <laughs> like a cartoon frown. That <laughs> <laughs> opinion's bad. So if you could see my uh, disgust for your taste in person, I think that would add a new dimension to the podcast. Not that anybody we'll, else could see it, but you know, we could. We'll just we'll have a fight on the podcast about <laughs> like you making faces at me, so nobody nobody knows what's going on. We'll just start wrestling over it. And... Why well, gotta look at me like that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so that's in the works. Um, but this podcast uh, will be talking about the new self-titled album from Dirty Projectors. And just a little bit of background on Dirty Projectors. Um, they're a Brooklyn indie rock or experimental pop band masterminded by David Longstreth. Uh, the band has been through multiple lineups uh, in their time, but it's more interesting to focus on the most recent past lineup uh, rather than the current lineup. Um, because during 2009's Bitta Orca and 2012's Swing Low Magellan, uh, the band featured Angel Deridorian and Amber Kaufman, both of whom have gone solo ever since. Um, this is pretty notable because Amber Kaufman was not only a bandmate, but she was in a romantic relationship with David Longstreth. Um, but now they aren't, and this album seems to be a breakup album from David Longstreth's perspective. Uh, and the change in band members has led to a change in sound. Uh, so... Because of that, Pat, the uh, album has been pretty polarizing. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, polarizing is pretty much the right word for that. Um, it's uh, it's it's one of the most interesting poppy records I've heard in a very long time. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense, like it's like it's one of the most accessible. It's like a it's like a a new level of like animal collective kind of pop. Uh, yeah, and it's for indie, and for for the indie world. It's a different type of pop sound that Dirty Projectors are known for, but yeah. they've always been a band that's done really interesting progressive pop music. It's just yeah. a different lane this time. This one feels. This one's just more sporadic hmm. than uh, it, it feels like to me. There's so much more like. Um, I don't know, maybe not sporadic. Just kind of like, it's, there's so much more electronic. Yes. Um, that That's mostly what I mean. Like, there's so much more electronic stuff going on in this and like auto-tune. And uh, it's def definitely just like David Longstreth, like doing what he wants to do now and using like his feelings as, as a creative outlet and kind of just trying to form, morph that sound. That's what it feels like. It's like he's morphing that sound that they made into something that's just his mm -hmm. um but yeah so i i i real the first listen to this i really enjoyed and uh it's been a little bit downhill from there okay 
um, not too terribly, but like I think mostly it's just the shock value of um, of of what it was at first. Just kind of like I don't know. It's not so experimental that it like that it that it that it holds like. Uh, that it keeps on like unfolding new things when you listen to it, and it becomes a little bit more meaningful every time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 a lot more feels like to me that that like in your face at first kind of um, experimentation, um, you know, and just kind of like I, just kind of like fuck it production. You know what I mean by that, like just like like going in the studio and just making sounds for the sake of it sometimes. Yeah, and that well um, it that reminds me of uh Boney Vare's 20 to a million. Yeah, I was about to to say that like a lot there's there's elements on here that remind me of that so much just because of like like the how we talked about like the ideas that are good ideas but they're not fully fleshed out. Like they don't feel like they're fully fleshed out. It's more of just like a they're there for the sake of it kind of thing for the sake of being experimental or being distinct or whatever. That's kind of sometimes what I get from, I can understand that from this record now. Um, but like overall, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, little bubble is Mm. (laughs) little bubbles. Great. It's one of the, it's one of the most heartbreaking songs I've heard in a, in a little while. Um, Lyrically, this album's really, really well done too. I agree. Um, I, he's a great songwriter, anyway. But um, the whole, he really pours his heart out on this album. It's it's really awesome. Um, that sometimes comes across as a little pretentious. Oh yeah, song, yeah. oh yeah. The songwriting, yeah. It wouldn't be a Dave Longstreth project if he didn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, but. Um, yeah, overall, I really I, I enjoyed this album a lot, but it's it's been it's been like dragging on me uh, for for the same similar reasons to the Bon Iver record. Um, I could, so yeah, I could I could totally understand that, and I'm sort of in the same boat, except I came back up after a brief period of uh, a little bit of downfall. Like I guess my feelings have been somewhat like a roller coaster. You know, I couldn't decide, do I love this album? Do I only kind of like this album? Um, but yeah. the more I've listened to it, the more it's sort of remained as a mainstay uh, in the love category. Um, when I first okay. heard the first single, Keep Your Name, last year, I hated it. And I told anybody who asked me about it that I hated it. And even now, it's grown on me, but it's still not like one of my favorite tracks but i think it fits kind of in the context like i get what he's going for on it yeah that second half of that song is it's, it feels yeah. so unnecessary the the rapping part yeah i, I still like, can't get it's a little cr- it's a little cringy it, yep i agree what i it's love like, about that song though is um uh not the rapping but the uh, <laughs> the uh, basically, I think the sample is really important. That's a sample mm-hmm. from um, actually my brother's my brother Kevin's shout out to Kevin. Uh, his favorite Dirty Projector song, uh, "Impregnable Question." Uh, that sample is a lyric that Amber Kaufman uh, says on the hook of that mm-hmm. song, um, and so he warps the sample, and it's like an entirely new context, which I thought was 
not only well executed, but I think it sounds great too. Uh, but yeah, keep your name. The 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 second half, uh, the rapping, as well as like the low pitched vocals that Longstreth does throughout the verses, it's a little uh, off putting. Yeah. The thing, the thing that I get with that too, like he, uh, like he has like moments like that all over the album where he does like, like at first I really liked that the 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 low pitched vocals that he had like when it first comes in, mm-hmm. but he like he he does it like like it feels like way too much by the that time the song wraps up, you know, like it's like it's like he's he's practiced he's he's already exhausted that idea exactly both before the song ends and. I get a lot of that, like, on quite a few of the tracks on here. Like, they're great ideas, um, and, like, I like them right when I first hear them. But then, like, by the end of the song, I'm, like, already, like, tired of them, you know? And this is to your point about, you know, experimentation for the sake of experimentation. I was wondering what the purpose was with those low-pitched vocals. Like, the more I listened to it, I tried to think, well... Is there a reason why he's doing this? And I think the song has grown on me because that song is pretty emotional. And like you said, the lyrics on this album are pretty good. Uh, And so there is emotion on Keep Your Name. But you have to like dig through this molasses thick layer of pretension to get to it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's (laughs) yeah, that's very much this whole album, too. Right. Yeah. And there's a lot of there's a lot of really meaningful stuff and a lot of really cool production and things like that that are happening. But you have to like, yeah, you're right. Like, just dig through. It's like reading the Pitchfork Kid A review exactly. for an hour. <laughs> Eventually, the review makes sense and it has good points. And you're like, but yeah, that's, that's yeah. You really have points. to get through some of that blue construction paper comparison before you. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I think. I'm sort of the the resident Dirty Projectors fan in our friend circle, if that's yep. such a thing. Uh, I've been a big fan of them since, I guess, like 2010 and 2011 when we really started to get into indie music. Uh, and so, Bit to Orca. <laughs> Another David Longstreth uh, reference to make, too. <laughs> that year. Yeah, exactly. Both bad and bougie. <laughs> the bad and bougie state of indie rock. We can talk about that in a second if we want, but... Um, but yeah, at that time, Bitta Orca and Animal Collective's Meriwether Post Pavilion uh, really made me reconsider how I felt about pop music because they are pop music. It's just yeah. experimental and avant-garde and what have you. Uh, but as far as this album, I still don't think I like it as much as Bitta Orca and Swing Low Magellan. But overall, you know, I I liked it and grew to love it. Um, you were talking about Little Bubble. That's not only my favorite song on here, but my favorite song of 2017 so far. Uh, and I like nice. I like the revamped version they put on the album. It has a longer intro, and they have a little a, a couple p- piano only bits. Yeah, yeah I thought those yeah. sounded great. Yeah, it's um, it's it's way better. And that's one of those songs where there's obviously a lot of emotion on that album, and. Little Bubble cuts to that emotion right away. There isn't a whole lot of glitz and glamour to fight through before you get to it. Like, that song's pretty yeah. emotional uh, upon impact, as opposed to something like Work Together, which I'm still not even sure 
I haven't even reached the emotion of that song yet because I'm still trying to figure out what the heck is going on musically. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I wanted to reference that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I have no idea what the purpose of that track is. <laughs> I really, I can't. I don't get it. I don't. I don't know why. I don't know. I, it's, it, it's, <laughs> my, my I don't know the. I don't know the reasons for the 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 weird sampling the placement of it yeah it's it's right after up in hudson and right before little bubble it's just kind of this weird yeah right yeah and then i also just don't like like the the lyrics are just weird too like it's i don't yeah i don't I, i don't know what it's like it's just i don't know who he's talking about i don't know if he's still talking about his relation, his old relationship, or if he's talking about himself, or <laughs> yeah, there's like, a lot of why, that I, I don't know. I don't know if there's also like n- like barely any genius annotations on the on the track to give me a clue. So <laughs> I noticed that too. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not a huge fan of work together. I think you know that's I, an example of one of the things that feel like experimentation just for the sake of it. I, I think for me, uh, the worst that any of these songs get is decent. And I think that applies for work together and then uh, winner take nothing, which I just kind of felt as like a pretty decent modern version of uh, something that would have been on like 808s and Heartbreak. But there wasn't a whole lot to that song to justify like a nearly five minute length. You know, I just kind of got bored by the end of winner take yeah. nothing. But. The thing, uh, yeah, the thing on that too was another example of how like keep your name without those low pitch vocals. The chorus I really liked a lot. Right, exactly. And then, but then, yeah, like again, by the end of the thing, like he's just exhausted that melody and that high pitch singing that he's doing. It's just it it gets old. Like by the time the song even ends. And it's like, so, I, I like the really long songs, but the shortest songs on here are still like four and a half minutes, and some of mm-hmm. those could use a little bit of trimming. Um, but yeah, wh- what other songs, I guess, stuck out to you? Um, so yeah, a Little Bubble. I like Up in Hudson a lot more now than I did at first. Okay. Um, Ascent Through Clouds. Yep. I, uh, I really liked a lot. Um, it's a little long, again feels like uh, like towards the end it feels a little bit that's uh, you know indulgent again mm-hmm. um and cool your heart you know oh i mean that's just the most fun that's the song i think i would show to people if i yeah them that's that's yeah. No, it it'd be yeah it's little bubble cool your heart those are the two that would for sure that, that cool your heart was the third single from that too wasn't it well it was uh i have it here like before actually. it came out yeah it's it's keep your name then little bubble then up in hudson actually and then cool your heart and those are the four okay singles. yeah i stopped yeah, so, listening after little bubble because i'm like i'm gonna listen to this album in full no matter what i might as well make it a surprise for me at, yeah i didn't i didn't listen to cool your heart i listened to up in hudson little bubble same thing uh, um but yeah, I, I really like that one. Apparently, Solange worked on that. I was just gonna say, uh, um, I think she was part of like she was a songwriter or something yeah. along those lines. That's awesome. Yeah, she she worked on that um, on that track. So and shout out to yeah, he uh, got a, shout out to Don Richard. He got a good name on that on that track. Yeah, Solange, uh, Don Richard. They brought. I think they're the only two real like people outside of the band that contributed to the album that I can see immediately. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the that's the really fun track. Besides, like, besides Kanye, because he's, <laughs> yeah. he references him. He, like. refer- he okay, so he references 808s in the song, um, "The Winner Take Nothing," and then he's, mm-hmm. he he uh, shouts out listening to Kanye and Up in Hudson, and then this album is either a comparison to 808s or it's a comparison to Jesus, depending on how you want to look at it. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but David Longstreth has helped Kanye a lot recently too. Like he wrote four or five seconds. Yeah. And he helped on, I think a couple Pablo songs, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe some of those loose cuts that didn't really make it on any album, but they have a, okay. what they, they seem to have a pretty good relationship. Um, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the, those those references were like. <laughs> I mean, there was enough Kanye to make me think I was on like I don't know like a a hip hop internet forum or something like that, where it's like, oh my god, shut up about Kanye already. Yeah, he clearly has like the the he does a good job of using that influence because it's a clear influence from mm-hmm. 808s on this album, mm-hmm. and he wears it really well. It's not the auto tune he uses on the the way he uses that on this on this album is is really well done too. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another thing similar to the Boney Bear that we were just talking about, like that style. Because um, Boney Bear does a phenomenal job with their auto tuning because they've been doing it for a while. But yeah, like it's the same thing. Like I'm always a big fan of that doing that. Mm-hmm. using that style like to your advantage it's hard to do though it's it, especially now it comes off gimmicky sometimes but he does a good job with that i, I was gonna say it, it doesn't feel novelty at all like a lot of times i feel like people use autotune sometimes just because well you're supposed to because it's 2017 but yeah i think the times he uses it especially like the first third of ascent through clouds i thought was pretty tasteful use of autotune didn't feel yeah. cheap. um so this is a, an album in which an indie rock person has gone up more electronic. Uh, do we want to make the uh, lazy comparison to like Kid A and uh, Age of Odds? Do we want to do no. that? <laughs> we can. No, we still have time to me. if we want. Do we want to say this is David Longstreth's Kid A? Because that's yeah, that's what that's you're supposed to do. Thing. Like, oh, somebody like an indie rock artist that previously was using like just <laughs> instruments has now switched to electronics. They must be Radiohead. It, it's it's going to be their Kid A. You just you just wait. And the other yeah. thing I've seen with this album is not only that, but a lot of people think it's going to be game-changing or, like, revolutionary or something like that. <laughs> and then the other extreme is people saying, well, it's just another glitch-pop R&B album. Like, it's just another right. alternative R&B album. I think it's yeah. somewhere in between that, but I didn't know if you agreed with how it's going to be revolutionary. It's not going to be revolutionary. <laughs> I mean, that if, if, yeah, no, it's not going to be revolutionary. That's, like... It's such a weird thing to predict, anyway. But well, even in the indie rock world, there's not there's not going to be a whole lot of influence taken from this. Like, not this album in particular. I don't know the 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 stuff that he does is so distinct, anyway. Like, right. I don't know what you could take. What I don't know what you could pull from Dirty Projectors stylistically and not be like just completely ripping them off yeah i think i totally agree with that i think longstreth is unique to the point where like you said like it would anyone who would try to follow this trend it would just feel like a lesser version of what he's doing here yeah Um, the difference with that and like kid a is that like when that came out that was like 
nothing sounded like that at all. Right. Um, right. There's things out there that, that are very similar to what he's doing right now. He's just doing it stylistically unique. But Kid A, when that came out and it was simple and it was, and it was like, it was, it was a, for the most part accessible, but it just sounded completely distinct. It was simple. And, you know, they were also like the, one of the biggest bands in the world at the time. It's really so, hard for an album. I don't. To be, I don't like yeah. those comparisons when people throw that around. That's like, or when people are like the White Album. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> that's so unfair. You can't do that. Yeah, and it's it's really hard nowadays to have like a an immediately revolutionary album. But you know that's just the yeah. you know that's the bad and bougie state of indie rock music right now. So. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> <laughs> he made a meme without even knowing it like that no one's gonna take his comments seriously even though he made some good points and then robin pecknold of fleet foxes had some good points too it was a good mm-hmm. conversation but the only thing i'm gonna remember is uh this is the bad and bougie state of indie rock music and so yep <laughs> he threw in a bunch of big words in that statement and then the bad and bougie state of it. Yeah, like just com- all the credibility just thrown out the window at that point. <laughs> it was so Dave Longstreth, though. I just, I loved it. That is, that's so him. Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, this this thing's only like nine tracks, or yeah, nine tracks, and we talked about a lot of them already. Um, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to ICU, though, mm-hmm. because okay. that's one of my favorite songs uh, on the whole thing um it was just i thought it was a really tasteful closer uh i thought it was a good mix of the production that the dirty pros are doing now versus some of the vocal aesthetics that they did on previous albums like some of those uh vocals in the chorus were straight from like a bit of orca style of track and so i thought that was a pretty cool hybrid of uh those styles that ended up being a pretty like honestly kind of emotional closer and he says uh the line something about the projection is fading away so it's like is that is the projection like the dirty projectors is he making that yeah sort of a claim i don't know but great track yeah either way yeah i liked i liked i liked that whole thing he's got he does a good job with those two like the double meaning Mm-hmm. Um, again with the hip hop kind of influence even with the songwriting and stuff mm-hmm. um, he's got moments like that and, 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 and they're pretty they're pretty yeah like you said tastefully done um, it doesn't sound that was my favorite example of it though what you just said the, is the projection over um, right like, or is the is the projection fading away um, it's like yeah, where does that he was, go from that was, here so yeah I don't know the thing. The thing that I had like, um, like this album is definitely meaningful, and it's like pretty. It's definitely like like he's he's flushed out his emotions pretty well like throughout this whole thing like with the songwriting and everything. But like again, like there's just the level of pretension that's like it's it's uh, pretty yeah like that's just like all around this album like. It it, it kind of uh, it feels like it could have been so much more meaningful than it turned out to be. I think that's the thing that I get from it. One of the big things I get from it is that like it's hard for me to just like you know really feel any sort of empathy through this album 
with that this thick amount of uh, mm-hmm. of, of of pretension circling around it. And so, in in both the experimentation and and mo- some of the lyric work, and, and I know that's dirty projectors, right. but this one just feels like it's like <laughs> yeah, I could, yeah. This this one feels a little because there's a lot more cynicism on here too, and there's a lot more like like when he's just referencing like how like he cares about art and truth and his bandmates just care about they would just care about like fame and uh you know stuff like that and that was a weird lyric too because i didn't know if it was weird yeah i didn't know if he was talking from his you know for from uh amber kaufman's perspective or his own perspective that's like what you mentioned you don't know if he's talking about himself or his relationship it's kind of vague so i don't really know but that if he was talking about uh his you know former bandmate former relationship uh that's kind of a weird shot to just be like oh i care about truth you care about fame but i'm gonna go work with kanye now so i don't it's yeah (laughs) it, it was kind of a weird dig if it is a dig at all um yeah the whole thing is just it's definitely there's like like i said the ideas are definitely great they're they're there they're present some of them aren't fleshed out very well but it's just mostly the thing that like is hard for me to get past it's just like the you know mm-hmm. I, it's an accessible album but it's just also inaccessible because of you know who david longstreth is and about the whole pretentious nature of this record i'm not disagreeing because i don't think i could logically defend that it's not but to me, there's two different types of like overly pretentious albums. The first is something like 20 to a Million, where I, di- I enjoyed that album, but I didn't really think it was anything other than like a typical Boney Bear album with just like an Instagram filter on it. Yeah. It was just, again, like the whole pretension for the sake of pretension and experimentation just to be like, hey, look how experimental I am. So that was kind of a downgrade. But the other level of pretension, like the other type of it, is something like Father John Misty's I Love You Honey Bear, which is totally pretentious, but I enjoy it anyway because I think he owns the fact that he's a little Yeah, he completely embraces it. And I think I think Dirty Projectors, this album, I think it's closer to the Father John Misty than it is to the uh, Boney Bear on that spectrum. Yeah. But, yeah, I could, I, I, I could, I could, I definitely would agree with that because there's not, <laughs> there's not all the freaking cryptic texts. And... <laughs> These track titles are actually like words that you know God, make sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How crazy is that, man? <laughs> so basically, my point is, it is very pretentious, but I love it, it partially yeah, despite that, and not, partially because it, of it too. So yeah, I don't know. I think, I think the difference I have between that the because i would agree it's closer to the father john misty but i the father john's like that it's the embracing that he has because he's built up this whole persona as right. somebody that's and he's completely self-deprecative i think that's how you say that nice well done um <laughs> sorry <laughs> like throughout the record and everything like like through the record in his in his just like personal life and everything um he's a self-aware person and an artist too um 
and so like that's that's and uh, i don't know i'm not i'm not trying to be like oh that's how you need to be you need to be more like that right. but it's just like like i can't i don't connect as well with this kind of thing especially when like given the fact of like what this album is supposed to be it's supposed to be a breakup album but it feels more of like again just like uh somebody was trying to create an experimental pop album right like typically um, when you get emotional albums you typically get something like raw and stripped back you get something like uh carrie and lowell you know as opposed to like yeah, his well, regular work is a little more artsy quote unquote but he kind of stripped back to focus more on the emotion yeah well i'm not and i'm not trying to like put him in a like like a you know creative bubble or anything. Bubble <laughs> did not did not even mean to drop that. <laughs> but like like you know like not saying that's what you need to do if you're making a breakup album. But just the over it's just a weird feeling that I get at the end of this. Like I don't feel like I really got that much. Like I don't feel like I got as much out of it as he put into it. If that's what I'm. If that's I can. I think if I, that makes sense. I think I agree with that. Like, yeah, like because like, like I understand. Like the lyrics are great, the ideas are great, the production's really good. But like by the end of it, I'm just not. I don't feel as much of it as I think. Like the work was put into it because he's never the, been much of a like emotional music type of guy. The focus on his projects is typically, oh look, this is very idiosyncratic. And, yeah, exactly. And it's hard to add like an emotional a deep emotional element to that oh you all right yeah it's just dropped something <laughs> yeah but it's it's hard to add like an emotional element to that style but also be experimental at the same time but but yeah i but i i agree i think there's sometimes on this album it's very obvious that you know what his emotions are and how he's feeling and then other times it's like, again, like on Work Together or something like that, you really have to pay attention before you can understand, like, oh, he's he's sad again. Yeah, <laughs> and even then, and even then, it's just like, I don't know, it, that, that track, I, I really don't understand the purpose of that track. But if we work together... It was. <laughs> I think the thing, and I'm used to that sounds now. I think what took me just as long to understand was like the vocal rhythm on that track. Like I don't know how you sing over that instrumentation yeah, anyway, yeah. but it was yeah. the whole thing's really weird. Um, but yeah, that's probably again probably like my least favorite track. But luckily, this album has like enough really really good tracks in my opinion to make up for work together or winner take nothing. Um, so yeah, I mean. Is there anything else you wanted to get at? Because, I mean, I, I've kind of spilt a good majority of my thoughts here. But yeah, I'm not really. I I mean, that's yeah. I've I've pretty much discussed what I what I feel about it. I think. So I, I don't know. It, it's just yeah. Sorry, I kind of wanted to like. I was gonna touch on this, but we're two months into twenty seventeen, right? Like today is March third, mm-hmm. and. You know, I really enjoy this album, and I'm, you know, spoiler, I'm giving it like an eight. But overall, 2017, I think I've been pretty like disappointed in the, the music uh-huh. so I far. I was about to say that too. Yeah, like, like, like from the just from the 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 names that we've been getting too. From, exactly. Uh, 
from from the yeah from that's the 2010 2011 year right like the people that we've been getting um it's you like know the people and, that we and, grew and, up and the samfa and the samfa album too um since we're yeah sure um, with that blog's not happening by the way i i said yeah. uh, on the last podcast that we were gonna do it it's not happening so yeah sorry guys yeah we we, we screwed that up what do you want us to do we have jobs i go to school it's like what do you want so <laughs> But like, yeah, like, like that, uh, an example, just that, just like striking at first, you know, just because this is the first thing that I've heard from him and it's good. It's, it's, it's poppy. It's not, it's experimental. It's like, it's good music. And then it's just the replay value of it's just not very good. XX, mm-hmm. yep. you know, good, definitely listenable and, 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 and like, definitely like a lot of really good moments throughout there but like you know again like not not quite what i i don't know right like maybe that's maybe that's what we get for you know <laughs> try like expecting that right like most of those albums by these bigger names have been good yet like slightly disappointing like the xx was uh japan droids i enjoyed but i expected a little more yeah, out of same thing yeah uh, this album, this Dirty Projectors, it's probably in my top three of the year so far. Or it definitely is, now that I think about it. But I'm okay. still like, you know, I still think I prefer Swing Low Magellan to this. And Bits of Orcas in my top 50 of all time, probably. So I'm, I'm part of me is just slightly disappointed with this. But at the same time, I love this album. So it's, it's really weird. I think I just have high expectations for this band because I've been a fan for a while. Um, but yeah, like Foxygen, I expected a little more from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's I, so many. That albums. was a, that was another example of uh, of of downhill. Um, mm. After the first lesson for me was the Foxygen. Just like, yeah, that yeah. one, that one especially because of all the just the ridiculous amount of styles that are thrown in all over that place. And but, it, and it's you know obviously we're only two months in and there's some good album there's some big names coming up and uh but by this time last year we already had black star and malibu so you know and i don't think anything i've heard this year is on the level of either of those two so yeah i've been here i've been i've been getting a lot of good like names that i'd never heard of before from this year i guess just from discovering on my own but yeah like the the big the big releases have just been kind of like like for the most for the most part like two of my three favorite records, other than Dirty Projectors, are probably the Quelly Chris and the Thundercat, and I don't think I could have right. predicted that going into the year. Like if you told me all of the bands that would release an album by this time, uh, you know, I I would have, you know, and and King Giz is another one where like Nonagon Infinity was in my top ten last year, and again I really enjoy their new album, but I can't yeah. say like I'm in love with it or anything. It's yeah. just really solid. Yeah. Not like not yeah not 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 like Nonagon. I kind of expected that one a little bit more just because of like the their whole project that they're doing now. Right, like their second album is already done this year. <laughs> it, so it's ridiculous. Oh, and yeah. we, we've had two mediocre future albums by this point. <laughs> <laughs> Pitchfork gave Hendrix like a seven point eight. Well, it's because you can't. Yeah, completely, I know, yeah. dude. <laughs> dude, it's, it's that it's that is that trendy. They can't give the they can't give those guys a, the trap 
rappers a bad score. They just can't do it. I don't know what it is. <laughs> to me, Hendrix sounded quick review of Futures Hendrix. Uh, it sounds like Party Next Door on steroids. Uh, that's that's my thoughts. Nice. Uh, and then the self-titled Future, it, it's the same thing. It it's Dirty Sprite two two point Like that's just whatever yeah, it's you, the yeah. same album. Yeah, and so that's that's my thoughts on Future. Fantano gave Hendrix a not good, just a just, just a straight a up album. not good review. It's like, man. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I couldn't even get through it. And then you know, you're, and we're just talking about any album at this point because it really twenty seventeen is. I expected more, and I'm disappointed to the point where you know I've needed to express it on a podcast or a blog. I felt I might as well talk about it since we're talking about it. So yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. Yeah. So hopefully new stuff comes out that's really good. Um, but but you know whatever. Uh, any yeah, more? we still got a Fleet Foxes in the work apparently, and Grizzly Bear sometime, Gorillas sometime. Father John leaked. Yeah, and that's apparently really conflicting too. So we'll see how we think about that. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited about the Spoon record next month. Uh, the Shins come out next yeah. week. Magnetic Fields yeah. are next week. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I, yep. It, 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 2017 is the year of we'll see because all oh, the, that yeah. juju too. Not good. <laughs> oh, you didn't you didn't like it. No, I don't. I don't care for it at all. Really, I, I couldn't get into it. It's uh, it's okay. Like, but it's like that one's that one's. You want to talk about experimentation for the sake of experimentation? Yeah, I could. That's say it. that's a lot of that. It sounded a little poppier than I expected. Like a little more upbeat, I guess. But I had never listened to the band before. But from everything yeah. I had heard, I guess I expected a more. No, I'm not a. I'm not a big fan of that one. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna go back to it. Just so many okay to good albums this year. Yeah, I, it, I was excited for that too because I really loved what they did last year with the Twin um, Peaks. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, that was that. That's great. And I was like, awesome! I'm gonna, I'm gonna really get into to Juju this year. And <laughs> and then yeah, this like <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, like well, I guess. Yeah, that's the that's the risk you take when you try to when you get into experimental groups so too, I guess. So the, one of their band members, just real quick, I had to share this. I saw in an AMA, one of their band members said that he and Sufjan Stevens slept with the same person. <laughs> so that's that's just amazing. That's like the best AMA content you could ever ask for. So. <laughs> okay. So, so that's something to know. I don't know what to do with that information. <laughs> I don't know. Now. I don't even know how it came about, like, or what the question was. What was it? Just like, hey, have you ever slept with the same person? That's... Next time, yeah. <laughs> that's like weird. Um. So yeah, that's our that's our 2017 recap uh, to this point. Two months in. <laughs> We, we, we should do a little more of these recaps, like two-month recaps of just... Yeah, I like this. Yeah, just a little bit of, you know, quick reviews. What's the state of music like? Is it a bad and bougie state of indie music? <laughs> <laughs> Is it bad? Is it bougie? Is it both? Well, what was it they even said uh, in the thing? Was it... It was Robin Pecknold that said, uh, like, the last really yeah. impactful indie albums were Bitta Orca, Meriwether yeah. Post Pavilion, and Vecatomist. yeah. Yeah, and, and then and then he said, and then uh, um, and then David Longstreet said, "What is it? Uh, is it just me, or is was that is this era of music both bad and bougie? Isn't that what he said?" <laughs> yeah, it's, so. is it both yeah. bad 
and bougie. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, uh, the idea of, like, David Longtrip saying something is bougie is, like, it, it, it's hilarious to me. But... <laughs> I love I love you, Longshift. I love him. Uh, but that whole that whole thing is ridiculous, and I don't even know if I can. You know, there's got to be some indie album since 2009 that's been like as impactful. I don't even know what Robin was getting at with that. I don't know. I maybe maybe he's just talking about like that, just like in that year. Yeah, maybe because all those albums came out that year. It was a crazy year for indie rock. Yeah. Yeah, like that, and that and was suburbs. First... Suburbs came out that year. Yeah, and it was a. Uh, I think two thousand nine was also the first Fleet Foxes. Uh, yeah. So I mean, right. that makes sense that Robin Pegnold would say that. Uh, yeah. Even right. if I still yeah, don't exactly. really. Get, yeah. <laughs> the last good albums were in you know the year I released my first album. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so that's our that's our bad and bougie rant. Um, yeah. Do you have any any more thoughts on the Dirty Projectors LP? Um, I can just give my final thoughts. Okay. I guess okay. if you if you want to go into that. Yeah, we'll just we'll just go to it. We're early this time, so. How how far are we right now? We're forty minutes. We're good. That is that is pretty early. Yeah. We'll have like a I normal. Mean, I don't really have anything. I don't know if I. Don't, it's a short record, so it's a short right. Well, short review there's not a lot more that i have to say about it really the album's just the album's good i enjoyed it um it's just it's like it's just a little it's leaves me slightly empty after listening to it like i don't i don't feel like i got as much out of it as what i think that it was intended to be and that's what i think that like people are getting a little overhyped about is the like by by calling it revolutionary and calling it game changing and stuff is that it has this mix of what is supposed to be like a really meaningful and like outpouring breakup album and self-reflective album with also this this innovative sort of uh like musicianship and instrumentation stuff but like (laughs) I don't know. I get like I get like a good level of both of those. Like the lyrics are definitely they're good, um, but there's like times where just like the writing's just weird, and I don't get why he phrased things certain ways. And like and the and same with the instrumentation. Like it's good, it's interesting, but it loses its luster pretty fast. It's just like and and there's not a lot more to unpack there's not just there's just not i feel like that that's what it is it's like mm-hmm. it's there's there's very surface level amount of experimentation it's it's good and it's shiny and it's pretty and it's nice and it's it's really cool to have but it's not like there's not a ton of actual substance there it's not going to keep you going for very long so that's what i get out of this um, overall, I liked it though. Um, I'm giving it a seven. Okay. Seven. Um, yeah. Um, cause I, yeah, I, I thought it was good. Definitely think, think that it was really, really well done, but just not as like <laughs> revolutionary. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's, it's the savior of indie music. 
So yeah, right. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, we're no longer the bad and bougie days are behind us. You know, we're. <laughs> I can't. It's had real, to come up at least a few times. A, a few times, not even once. We just we had to keep hammering home that they just everyone go up look up this rant that he had, and you'll you'll love it. You'll absolutely love it if you're like us at all. But you know, <laughs> yeah, trust me, you'll love it. Uh, so I guess my final thoughts. Uh, I was actually pretty impressed with this uh, after a period of like confliction, uh, especially with the lead single. And then as I listened to it, I was feeling a little conflicted, but I'm pretty much sold on it, you know, being an album in my love bucket. Uh, I still much prefer Bit of Orca, and I still prefer Swing Low Magellan, I think. Um, but, you know, I thought this was a pretty worthwhile exploration for the new version of Dirty Projectors. Uh, it's sonically different, obviously, than like it, their previous efforts. Um, but it still contains a lot of Dave Longstreth's uh, quirks. Uh, mm-hmm. As I mentioned, Little Bubbles, my favorite song of 2017 right now. Uh, and my other favorite tracks were Up in Hudson, Ascent Through Clouds, Cool Your Heart, and I See You. Um, I don't think it's going to be a complete game Those changer. are all mine, too. Yeah, I mean, it's just, there's some very obvious, like, times where I don't think the experimentation worked as well yeah. as it did on other tracks, but... You know, they're, they're still enjoyable, um, to me at least. You know, they're at least decent, so I can't hate on them too much. Um, <clears throat> so while I don't think it's going to be like a revolutionary game changer, uh, I don't think it's total pretentious trash either. I think it's pretentious art. Um, I'm, you know, I'm still a fan of the Dirty Pros, uh, even after all of these lineup changes. Uh, overall, basically, I think this album is uh, it's properly rated by critics, uh, but overrated by like fans. Yep. Uh, you know, it's as I mentioned, it's my second favorite album of the year so far. Uh, shout out to Quelly Chris being you is great. I wish I could be you more often. That that awesome project. Great. Uh, so I give the Dirty Pros an eight out of ten, as I alluded to earlier. Um, which is right around the Metacritic of 80 out of 100. So I think the ratios line up close enough. Um, so yeah, I'm. I, if you put my rating in the Metacritic, it would have no change on it at all. It would stay at an <laughs> yeah. 80. I should, Just like... <laughs> Will Brost also thinks it's like an 80%. Good. <laughs> Thanks for the input, Will. Yeah, hey, 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 I think it's an 8 out of 10 market. Um, so that puts our average at a 7.5, uh, which is below the Metacritic, and also mm-hmm. below... Yeah, God, most of these <laughs> reviews are like 8 out of 10, 4 out of 5 stars. Even Pitchfork gave it like a 7.8 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they're very close to 8. <laughs> that I was banking on that being 9.1 best new music, just because... It, yeah. it seems like something, again, kind of like 22 a million, where it's like, oh, well, here's this band we've been hyping up for a while. Here's this new sonic direction for them. It's yeah, experimental, but, but yeah. still kind of fun. So, yeah. But, you know, shout out to Pitchfork, I guess. They didn't buy into the hype, I guess. So <laughs> They got, they yeah, like like one in five reviews are at least not buying into the hype for, for these. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, we're at a seven point five, uh, which is a recommendation in our oh yeah in our mind. Um, yeah, I would I would like uh, I would I would recommend it like at a higher level than what I gave it to because okay. like because well not like you know just like because just for me personally I didn't I didn't I just didn't feel as much but I think that like people like people getting into indie rock people that you know. Mm-hmm just trying to find new stuff, cool things to listen to, whatever would enjoy it probably a lot more than I did. You see the appeal, I guess. Like, yeah, yeah, I definitely do. Like I, I understand why people are so, you know, just <laughs> up in airs about this album. Cause I don't think that's the right use of that phrase. Um, but <laughs> it could be, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I, I understand why people are so excited about this and think that it's like, I don't, I don't get how people think that it's revolutionary, but I, I get why they think that it's like such an impressive and awesome album because I mean, it's different and it's definitely like, yeah, if you're not used to that area of music, like it's definitely like interesting and accessible and it's cool to get into and little bubbles, an amazing song and, up in Hudson's cool, and you know, mm-hmm. so and uh, yeah, I'd recommend it to pretty much anybody that's trying to get into that area of music, anyway. So, but I wouldn't. I'm not going to score it higher than a seven for me personally. And you know, I said I preferred the Quelly Chris, but I would recommend of any 2017 album. I think this is the first album I'd recommend to somebody who's like, "Hey, what's some new music?" Even though it is a little experimental, but it's my favorite of albums that i think could be accessible to a lot of people i recommend the visible cloaks the visible cloaks also very <laughs> accessible and fun uh that's a great album as well visible cloaks uh you want to talk accessible try the new sun kill moon record uh, yes <laughs> yeah that that's one of the that's that's uh that's basically like um You'll, jack johnson yeah. back in his heyday it's like, like. A two, it's like a two-hour <laughs> concert of jack johnson <laughs> <laughs> so you used the phrase up in airs. I think you meant up in arms. And I think you confused that with putting on airs, which was like your main complaint of this album. So I think I just <laughs> said something and I didn't even like realize what I was saying. That's basically what happened there. Well, I think up in airs is a new a phrase. I threw a phrase in there and then I was like, that wasn't right. <laughs> I think it makes sense if you combine the two actual phrases that that's derived I'm gonna from. I'm going to start using up in airs. <laughs> up in airs. Oh, so you're up in arms and putting on airs. I got Okay, all right. I got you. Um, so, yeah, that's the podcast. Uh Stay tuned for potentially a live podcast, but if not, hey, remember when I said we were going to do a sample blog? <laughs> you can't trust us. <laughs> so that could happen. Uh, other than that, I'm not sure what albums that are coming out lately are worthy of a podcast, but we got some new things we want to do with the blog, and that's serious. Mm-hmm. That's something I mean. Uh, we're, <laughs> we do mean this. <laughs> th- this is something we're actually going to do. He's working. No, actually, the Sanford review is still coming. <laughs> Check out for that for in like November. waiting over a month. To that's yeah. That's look on the that. that's on the back burner. I'll get to it. Uh, but yeah, so both of us are writing our own blog individually, but it's sort of the same overall theme, and that's all I'll say on that. Um, so check out the blog under the scope site. Mm-hmm. wordpress.com continue listening to the podcast uh if i see i see you later again for like the second time in a row is that going to be a bad joke is that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say that that's just dumb